I'm always pulling out the wrong notes. Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. We're going to read a very famous passage of Scripture. And then we're going to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 11 right after that. But start out in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. And then Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 26. I want to try to get a concept through you tonight. I want to try to, especially young people in here, you need to pay very close attention to this and try to live by this principle that we're going to talk about. Because this is something that will help you in really every area of life. It will help you spiritually. It will help you in this world. It will help you in the next world. Uh, just a great lesson to be learned here. But Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15 says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Now, I want you to notice the phrase in there, choose you this day whom you will serve. He asked them to make a choice. Okay? Now, every choice that you make in life, it comes with some kind of consequence. Okay? Or, you know, there's going to be a, a result of every choice that you make. And uh, it goes from the big things to the little things. You make choices every day. You're making choices all day. You make you make choices of what what am I going to eat? You know, you make choices of what am I going to wear? And we make the big choices. You know, where am I going to work? Where am I going to go to church? You know, what God am I going to serve? We all make choices, right? And most people, when making choices, it's just kind of natural for us to do what we feel like at that moment. It's natural to do just whatever's easiest. That's kind of the natural way to want to uh, that people do things, but. The truth is that's not always the best way to do things. And we see, we're going to see, look at some examples in the Bible because the truth is sometimes making the right choices and doing the right things means it's going to cost you something right then. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26. Notice, it says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. So once again, we see the choice that God's laid out. And really, when you stop and think about it, throughout the Bible and even in our everyday life, the choices that we make, the easy choice is usually the wrong one, isn't it? The easy choice is almost always wrong. And the difficult, the right choice is usually one that comes with some kind of price. And the, but the truth is, the choices that you make today, when you make the right choices, while they do cost you something, the truth is the cost is cheaper than if you make the wrong choice and you end up paying later. See, the right choice or the wrong choice, it is the easy one. It has a smaller cost today, but it has a larger cost tomorrow. For example, how many of you ever maybe were going to go buy a tool or an appliance or whatever, and you just went with the cheapest? You're like, yeah, that one's cheapest. I'm going with that one. But then it didn't last very long. Okay, and the truth is, if you would have gotten the better one. 
the more expensive one, you would, in the long run, probably would have paid less money. And we've all probably done that before. We just you went, you went for the cheap thing. Ah, it's cheap. I'll get it. And didn't go that good. You know, you ended up you ended up regretting it later. And that's the way it is all the time. And just some examples in the Bible I want us to look at. Uh, go to Hebrews chapter eleven. We actually see a lot of these examples in Hebrews chapter eleven. But we see where people they chose to pay now rather than pay later. And that's the title of the message tonight: is pay now or pay later. When it comes to buying things, okay, you know, I remember the first time I walked into a store and I walked out with an expensive item that I didn't pay any money for right then. Where I, I remember the first time I used the pay later approach. It was with a video camera. It was a, I, wanted, I wanted a camcorder. I wanted a digital camcorder. It was a hard disk drive camcorder. It didn't use tapes or DVDs or anything like that. I wanted that thing. And I, I didn't have enough money for it right then. And I remember I went into that place and I'm looking at that camera and I'm like, man, I'd like to have that camera. But I didn't have the money. Like well you can you can get it yeah you know if you have good enough credit um, you can get it right now and just pay for it over the next six months yeah I was like what and I remember I walked out of there and I'm like I have a video camera and I hadn't coughed up any money you know and it felt pretty good you know but then guess what I started getting bills for it and I ended up I ended up paying it off and I made all the payments. Every, every uh, month like I was supposed to and fortunately didn't pay any interest. I didn't get in trouble that time. But, you know, we've all done that before. We went in and we decided we were going to pay for something later and it ended up costing us, us more. For example, you know, on credit cards, those interest rates, they rack up fast sometimes. I've heard stories of people who ran up maybe two or $3,000 on their credit card. Over time, they paid three or 4000 back and still owed a couple thousand. I mean, that's the way those things can get sometimes. And that whole pay later approach always costs you more whenever you're buying things. And it's the same thing when it comes to, when it comes to the choices that you make in your life, whether you're going to choose righteousness like God chose or told us to, or you're going to choose evil. If you choose the gods of this world, it's going to, you know, that's, that's pay later. Okay? It might, things might be easier now, but in the long run, you're going to end up paying more. And look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, with Moses. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now let me ask you a question. Did Moses make a wise choice there? Yeah, he made the right choice. But did that choice cost him something when he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Do you understand what that means to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter? I mean, you're royalty. You're royalty. You are in Pharaoh's family. You're Pharaoh's nephew. That's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, your cousins with the guy who is going to be Pharaoh, you know, if you stay close and get along, I mean, that can help you out pretty good. He could have lived in great riches. He could have, you know, had great power. And if he wanted to be like a lot of those kings back then, you know, maybe he could have bumped off Pharaoh and he could have been the Pharaoh. I mean, you know, who knows? 
He could have done those things and he could have been the most powerful man on earth. He could have lived a life of ease and comfort, but he chose to suffer affliction. And when you look at the life of Moses, not good. He leaves Egypt when he's 40. You know, and he's a shepherd for 40 years. And that, that part of his life, that was probably the easy time. Seemed pretty good. Didn't have a whole lot go on. But then, after he goes and to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, that 40 years was a nightmare. I mean, I can't imagine the stress that he was under, the complaining constantly, the people wanting to stone him. And then, alright, and I'm not, listen, God is just, okay? God is righteous. I'm not saying God, God didn't do anything wrong, okay? But let's just be honest. Moses didn't get to go in the promised land because he smote a rock. <laughs> I mean, that, that almost seems not quite fair, doesn't it? Let's just be honest. You've thought it before too. That's no big deal. He just smote the rock. But you know what he did? He deliberately disobeyed God. And because of that one thing, after 40 years of him doing everything God told him to do, he messes up one time and he doesn't get to go in the promised land. He just gets to look at it. And then he's 120 years old and nothing's wrong with him. I mean, he's just as strong as he was before. His natural forces were not abated. And God's like, alright, I'm done with you. And he goes and he dies. Not that pretty of a picture. But yet, you and I understand and Moses understood that what's waiting for him was far greater than anything he could have gotten in Egypt. And for you know, and now, okay, let's say he would have lived 120. Or let's say he lived 150. There was nothing wrong with him at 120. Let's say he lived to be 150 as the king of Egypt. I mean, that would have been a good life. It would have been real easy. But he would have been in hell now for thousands of years, with only eternity in hell to look forward to. But now, I mean, I don't know exactly what Moses is going to be doing in the millennial kingdom, but I've you know, I got a sneaking suspicion it's probably going to be pretty high up there. We know he's we know he's coming back to earth, and he's going to be preaching with Elijah in Jerusalem during the Daniel's seventieth week. I mean, that's going to be you know that's pretty neat. He's going to get killed again then too. But you know what? I think at this point he's probably okay with that. I think I think he's okay with that. And I mean, you know, he made the right choice. But notice how he says he chose to suffer affliction and to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. When you make that choice to go after sin, you'll have fun for a little while, for a season. Okay, you know you want to, you know, kids. When you grow up and you're old enough to go out and do your own thing, you can throw out everything your parents ever taught you. You can quit going to church. You can go and do all the things you weren't allowed to do when you were at home. I mean, you can go out and you can start drinking and smoking and cussing. You can go and watching all the movies that your parents wouldn't let you watch and hanging out with all the people your parents wouldn't let you hang out with. And you're, you're going to have a great time for a little while. For a little while, but then you get to pay the consequences for it. And doing the right thing now, and especially when you first get out on your own and you're finally making the choices yourself, you're going to pay. You might not get as good of a job as you could have had by staying in the will of God. As far as you know, things look. You know, like man, you know, I could, I could make more money over there, but I have to get out of church. Yeah, you might make, you might make a little less. I don't know. I don't know how God's going to do everything. 
You know, think you know, you might have to drive an older vehicle and you might have to live in a crummier house, but the truth is, in the long run, you will be much better off if you stay in the will of God. And you can go after those pleasures of sin, but they only last a season, and that's the thing we've got to try to get people to understand. You know, sometimes maybe as parents, you know, we're so you know, we're so desperate to keep our kids away from certain sins, I almost wonder if maybe we you know, represent things falsely to them. Yeah, you know, maybe even lie to them a little bit. Oh man, if you hang with those people, you know, we'll tell them all these things are going to happen. But the truth is, hey, if you hang with that group, you're going to go have a good time. If you go to that party, you're going to have a lot of fun. But <laughs> you know, you're going to regret it. You're going to wish you hadn't done it later. Not today, and not tomorrow. But you know, ten years from now, you're going to wish you hadn't done it. You know, you might that girl, you might she might give you a good time. You'll have a good time with her. You'll have a lot of fun. Things will be great for a little while. But then, one of these days, you're going to hate her. One of these days, you're going to wish you never had anything to do with her. You're going to wish you'd never met her. And one of these days, if you keep going down that path, you're going to have a great time. But one of these days, you might even come to the point where you're going to say, I wish I was never born. And Think about how many people have said that. Wish they were never born. And why? What was wrong with their lives? All they've done their whole life is every single thing they wanted to do. They've given themselves everything their sinful flesh desired, and they regretted it. And boy, thank God Moses had enough wisdom to see past that affliction and looked into the future, looked into eternity, and he made the right choice. And if Moses could do it, we ought to be able to do it too. We've got the Scriptures. Moses didn't have those. I mean, we've got all the examples in the Bible that Moses didn't have. You know, we have church and God's people that we can be around. Moses didn't have that. Moses was a leader of a bunch of backslidden Israel, belly aching Israelites. I mean, boy, he had to feel lonely sometimes, but he endured it. And I can promise you, none of us are gonna. I mean, I mean, we're, we're all gonna probably envy Moses. Well, I guess we would envy in heaven if it wasn't a sin. But, I mean, right now, if we could see what Moses has and uh, what he's going to be doing, we would envy him, envy him now. And it, I can guarantee it, he'll tell you it was worth it. But notice also in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now think about it. All those, all that time that Noah was building that ark, that was probably a lot of work, wasn't it? That was a lot of time and sweat and labor, probably with very little encouragement from his neighbors. You know, we all, you know, we can imagine probably the mocking that he received building a boat out in the middle of nowhere, telling everybody about rain that was coming on a, in a time when it had never rained before. And, but he went and spent all those years doing what God told him to do, not questioning, just did it, paid the consequences. You know, he could have he could have taken it easy those years. He could have relaxed. He could have been just eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage like everybody else was during that time. Guarantee you he was working harder than anybody else, but when the flood came, who was better off? It was Noah. He did the right thing, you know. I mean, and, that, and you know, this applies to every area of life, even just labor. Okay, 
For example, you know, there's going to be some people that tomorrow morning they're going to get up early in the morning and they are going to work hard all day. And they're, I mean, they're going to get up, they're going to be tired, and they are going to go out and work a job that's stressful. They're going to have a boss yell at them or customers yell at them, and, and they're going to they're going to maybe even not be feeling real good, maybe be a little sick under the weather. And then there's going to be somebody else. He's going to get up when he feels like it. When he does drag his carcass out of bed, he's going to turn on the TV for a while. And maybe after he quits watching TV, he might spend a few hours playing some video games. And he will do very little the whole day. And that's pretty much what he'll do all day, every day. Now let me ask you, who's going to be better off come payday? Okay, The guy who paid the price. The guy who did the work. Now listen, it's tough convincing people that that's better these days when our government's giving lazy people welfare like candy. Okay, And they're killing people's incentive to work, and that's another subject we're not going to get on. But listen, either way, in the long run, the lazy sluggard is always going to have a difficult life. And that is not a good way of life. I mean, these, those, those people, even that have everything handed to them, they're always miserable. They're always wanting more. Most of those people, too, are usually the first ones to turn to drugs and alcohol and things because they're miserable. Why? Because every day of their life, every moment of their life is all about what's easier. What's easier? It's a lot easier to sleep in than to get a job. I know a guy right here in town that recently got a job. He he got a job. They they finally get you know he's crying because he doesn't have any money, crying because he doesn't have a job. He gets hired for a job. First day he's supposed to go to work. Oh, his alarm didn't wake him up. Mommy wasn't there to wake him up, and he was late. And so he's like, I'm not even going to go in, and just didn't show up, and never never showed up, and. Had to go back to looking for a job again. I mean, just pathetic. Pathetic, lazy people. And you know what? That same individual, I don't know what ended up happening with it, but you know, was wanting money to get his electricity turned back on. You know, that would stink not having electricity. Especially when it's cold. That would be really boring sitting in your house in the dark with no electricity. But, you know, I, that night, I had heat. That night, I had electricity. But you know the difference? One guy just said, you know, I'll pay later. I said, I'll pay now. I paid the price, got up early, went to work. He didn't pay the price. And now he's paying, doing without those things. And ultimately, that's the way it's going to end for people that are lazy who say, no, nah, I'll pay later. Listen, you've got, to, you've got to do it. You've got to pay the price. You know, I think one of the reasons most people can't hold a job is because they can't wait two weeks for a paycheck. I mean, sometimes you have to work, and most of the time when you're working, you know, it's, it's a couple of weeks until you actually get paid for that work you did. And it's like, you know, these people they want the immediate money. Okay, you know, that's why I'm, you know, <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't make fun of people too much, but I could, I could give some example of some jobs out there that are rather humiliating that people take because they pay instantly. As soon as they're done, they get paid, and those are not very good jobs. They pay barely anything. What these people have to do is pretty humiliating. But then they go and they take that money that they had to humiliate themselves to get and they buy cigarettes. They buy drugs with it. I saw a guy one time with a beard 
dressed up like the Statue of Liberty outside of one of those Liberty Tax Service places. A guy with a beard. Dressed up as Lady Liberty. Okay? That's why would somebody do that? Immediate cash. He's willing to do that work. Why can't he go get a regular job? Because you've got to be responsible enough to stay there for a couple weeks before you get paid anything. You see, you see this mindset that's out there? And I'm telling you, it, this mindset is growing like crazy. Kids who go, you know, who are in school, you know, to, for you to get good grades, you're going to have to pay the price. You're going to have to study. Instead of playing the video games, instead of watching TV, you're going to have to study. Instead of goofing off in class time, instead of writing notes and doing all the other things that they do, you're going to have to pay attention to the teacher. Okay, that, That's a price you're going to have to pay. You might get called a nerd by some people. But guess what? Come graduation day, you'll actually graduate. You know, Come times when you go to college, you'll actually probably be able to get into a college. And because of that, you'll be able to get a better job than those other people. You just got to, but you've got to be willing to pay the price now. I'm going, to, I'm going to pay the price. You know why a lot of people aren't that spiritual and why they just can't seem to get anywhere in their Christian life? They're not willing to pay the price. It's harder to read the Bible than it is to watch TV. It's harder to get up in the morning and go to church than it is to wake up. Or it's a lot harder to do that than to sleep in. It's a lot easier to watch church or watch TV on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights than to be in the house of God. But these people are going to struggle in their spiritual lives. I mean, you know, I'm tired of trying to figure out how to tell people to be spiritual and how they can grow and how they can have victory in their life, and they only want to do one hour of church a week. I mean, do you really think I'm going to be able to counter program those hours and hours of television you've been watching? All week long, that you know, one hour. I mean, I hope I'm a good preacher, but man, I don't even think that my one, my 45 minute message, that this one hour of service here, that we're going to fix everything that you did wrong all week. All that, all that programming that you get from from the world through the television, through the news, through what they hear on the radio, through just the music you hear in the stores, through you know, through the propaganda on the newspapers and everything, through what you hear people saying at work, for just the foolishness that comes from people's mouths every day, the lies that the devil tells, we're supposed to counter program that one out with one hour a week. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. But there are going to be people that are going to be victorious, and that's because they're going to pay the price. They're going to be at church when the doors are open. They're going to be in their Bibles on a daily basis. They're going, they're going to have a prayer life. Those things are hard. Those things cost you something. But in the end, you will pay less than the person who doesn't do those things. It's, it's the way it's always worked. The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Now, the Apostle Paul, back when he was Saul, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, wasn't he? And it's clear when from reading the Gospels, the Pharisees had it pretty good. They had the money, they had the power, they had the respect, the praise of men, and the Apostle Paul left that to serve to serve God. And what did he get? Well, he got 39 stripes several times. He got you know, shipwrecked. He got beaten with rods. He got stoned. 
I mean, he just one thing after another that man went through. Why? Because he said, you know, I'll pay the price now. But look what's waiting for him in heaven. I mean, he's got that crown of righteousness that the Lord's going to give him. He's got the crown of rejoicing that he wrote about, that he told people about. You are our crown of rejoicing. I mean, what's waiting for Paul, we can't even comprehend. How did he get it? He said, I will pay now instead of paying later. And many people, the other Pharisees, Jesus Christ preached to them. Stephen was preaching to Paul that day. Remember when he was holding the coats? Paul was there that day Stephen preached. All the other Pharisees, they heard the same message that Paul preached. But you know what? They all said, you know what? I will pay later. And they are still paying and they will be paying for all eternity in hell. And But thank God, Paul said, I will pay now instead of paying later. And really, everyone that you see in Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 35. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35 it says, you know, women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. You see, they're not thinking about right now. They're thinking about the end. That was their mindset. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. You know, I... I think probably one of my greatest fears is prison. I do not want to go to prison. I mean, I just... I mean, the more I've been studying the Bible about the prison system, the more I realize our prison system in America is just absolutely wicked. And it's, I don't want to go there. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But many people, many of God's people spent time in prison. It says, and it says verse 37, they were stoned. They were sawn asunder. Were tempted. I wonder what they were tempted with. Maybe you know, renounce Christ and you can go free. Stop preaching and we'll let you go. You know, Worship the image and you'll go free. That's what they told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's what they told Daniel. Don't pray to your God. I'm sure it was tempting for them. You know, things would be a lot easier. If we just said no. And listen, God didn't deliver everyone who ever took a stand and did the right thing. We read about deliverances in the Bible, but some people actually got executed and they died. And they were fine with that. It says they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Why? They were poor. They didn't have much. It wasn't, you know, I got a problem with some of these TV preachers. And you know what? I even know some Baptist preachers that are doing this that go around just showing off how rich and wealthy they are. You know, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where God promised that His servants would be rich and wealthy and have all the you know, luxuries of this world. But yet, a lot of preachers are out there, Baptist preachers, just out there strutting their stuff, bragging about all that they have, and they make them, they use that as proof that they're spiritual. They do. They will use that as proof that they're spiritual. Well, if you were right with God, you'd have all these things too. So these people weren't right with God in Hebrews? Look at how they wandered around. Look at what they had. And listen, poverty doesn't mean you're right with God either. Okay, And riches doesn't mean you're not right with God. But boy, it's that, riches definitely don't mean you're right with God either. And poverty doesn't mean you're not right with God. Okay, just So, you know, we just need to 
seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know, let God worry about those other things. But then, um, says, yeah, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should, uh, without us should not be made perfect. So notice all these people that are mentioned, they understood that there was something better. They paid the consequences here on earth because they understood not only was there a price that they wouldn't have to pay later, but they understood that there was a greater reward. Okay, go to Matthew chapter six and verse one. Okay, so not only are you better off, you know, paying now instead of paying later, another principle that we ought to understand too is you are better off being paid being paid later than being paid right now. Look at Matthew chapter six and verse one. It says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So doing your alms, giving your offerings. Okay, we're not supposed to when we give our offerings. You know, come up here and have somebody following us up here, sound a trumpet, you know, and say, "Hey, brother, so and so is depositing this much money in the offering plate." The Bible says not to know. You know, let thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. In other words, you know, we're we're not making a show about this. Okay, it's a private thing, and. It says that if we do that, that we have no reward in heaven. Now, why is that? Okay, I mean, really, listen. You know, if, if somebody count, you know comes into church today and is like, yeah, all right, you know, I want to give this church ten thousand dollars. Well, you know, I'm excited. I'd give them a hand. You know, I'd be thrilled for that. You know, I'd probably even give them a big hug after the after the service. Okay, I would appreciate that. And the Bible says, though, that when we do that, we have no reward in heaven. Now, why is that? Okay, if God, if somebody does a good thing, don't they deserve a blessing? Don't they deserve something? I guess you could say. So, why aren't they going to get a reward in heaven? Well, let's keep reading. We'll see, because they're going to get rewarded. Okay, look, verse two. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you. They have their reward. What's their reward? Well, the praise of man, the hug from Pastor Tommy, you know, the smile, the smile on my face that they bring. You know, that's going to be their reward. And the Bible's trying to tell us that you'd be better off getting your reward in heaven. Okay, that's why we don't need to worry about trying to get the praise of men here on earth. But verse three, but when thou do thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, that shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Okay? What's that reward? Everybody thinks they're spiritual. Let's just be honest. We want people to respect us, don't we? What we want people to think we're great, you know. Let's just be honest. We do, and you know what? You can go out. You can do some things that will make people think you're great, but understand that that's your reward. Okay, that's payment 
for, for what you've done. God's not putting you down because you got rewarded. But God's just warning you, understand that, that that's it. That praise of man, you got your reward and that's all you're going to get. If you did it in secret, if you did it privately, your reward, it's going to come later in heaven. And it's going to be a lot better than just a hug from Pastor Tommy or a smile on somebody's face or just maybe your neighbor envying you and people thinking you're great. You know, let's just, that's not that great of a reward, is it? But it's amazing how many people work and work and work to get that. And the truth is, if we would say, you know what, I would rather get nothing on this earth, that means we're going to get paid when we're in heaven. And that ought to be our attitude, laying up treasures in heaven. Now listen, I've been there before. There's been times when I've prayed, I've been like, Lord, if there's any rewards I've got waiting for me in heaven, can I cash in on some of them now? <laughs> you know, I've prayed, I've prayed that prayer before. You know, if, if there's anything, you know, I sure would like to cash on on some now. But at the same time, you know, I really like to lay up some in heaven. And you know, have you ever done the math and stuff before, where you know, if you if you would start saving money when you're you know just a young child and you would let it accumulate interest and you know over you know they do those things where you know after this many years you'd have this much money. And we're always like, man, why didn't I start saving when I was ten years old? You know, why did I have to buy that junk? You know, I I could have I could have had all this money. But it, and, and we all know how the math works on that. We all know that works. But why is it that we don't all have that big nest egg? Because you know we want stuff now. Okay, why do we get in debt? Because we want stuff now. And when you get stuff now, it always ends up costing you more. It's just, I mean, it is, it's math, and it's, it's the way things work. It works physically in the physical world, it works in the spiritual world, and we've got, we've got to get the mindset that, you know what, I would rather get paid in heaven than get paid now. Who cares if you don't get the praise of men? There's been people I've known that they've done things for the church, or they did things for God, and they didn't get any recognition for it, and they got mad, and they never did anything again. And the truth is, you know, listen, I want to try to, if, if people do something good, I want to try to acknowledge it. I want to let people know I appreciate it. Okay, I mean, if you do something good for the church, I'm not going to shun you on purpose and act like you didn't do anything. Just, oh, just, I just wanted to make sure you got your reward in heaven. Okay, hey, if you want to get your reward in heaven, you know, make, you work it out so. You know, that's between you and God. You figure out a way that Brother Tommy isn't going to know anything. You know, that's, you know, I want to try to, I want to recognize people. I try to do my best. But you know what? I'm going to miss things. I'm going to overlook things. And just understand that if that happens, that's greater reward in heaven. Okay? And so we ought to, we ought to want to get paid later. When we get paid later, we get more. And, and same thing, when you pay now, on earth, you pay less in the long run. And we see those examples throughout the Bible. Some examples of people who said, you know what, I'm going to pay later. We're not going to take time to read all the stories. But remember Lot? He looked, you know, Abraham, which way do you want to go? Well, he saw the plain, you know, that plains of Sodom, how well watered they were. Like, that looks like a prosperous place. I want to go there. Why? He was thinking about right then. That would be the easier place to go. That was the easier path 
But yet, look at how he ended up paying. He lost all of his family except for two daughters. And you all know what happened with those two daughters. I mean, it was a horrible end for Lot. His children that he ended up having, his descendants were a cursed people. The Moabites and the Ammonites, a wicked people. I mean, Lot paid dearly for that choice he made. Well, what did he do wrong? How did he choose wrong? He just chose the easy path. He said, you know what? I'll just I'll pay later. And it cost him a lot more than he wanted to pay. You think about guys like King Saul. Go to First Samuel chapter. Or I'll read it real quick. First Samuel fifteen twenty-two, and said, and Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, He hath also rejected thee from being king. Now think about it. If you are a king." Back then, and you're going and you're destroying a place, okay? And I, God commanded him to kill all the animals and everything. But that's a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, that's a lot of money. You know, that you know, man, we can't let this go to waste. But listen, it was cursed. God told them to get rid of it. God said it all had to go. And you know what? He's like, he, his greed got the better of him. No. You know what? I'm going to get it and I'll pay the consequences later. And he did pay the consequences later, didn't he? He in the long run it didn't happen that day. It didn't happen that year. It wasn't until years later, but Saul lost the kingdom to David. Saul lost his life early. His he saw his son dead. I mean, Saul lost everything. He paid dearly for those sheep. I don't know how many there were. I don't know how many rams he took. He tried to act like he was going to take those things and give them and sacrifice them to God like he was all noble. I was going to take it and I was going to give it to the Lord. That wasn't what God told him to do. And he was rebellious. He was being stubborn. And it cost him everything. And he he said, I'll pay later. And he paid later. Lot paid later. King Saul paid later. Think about the rich man. Luke chapter 16. The guy had everything. But the Bible says in Luke 16, verse 25, it says, in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Or we see that he said that, you know, thou in thy life receivest good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Lazarus, he had to pay while he was on earth, didn't he? He was a leper, he was a beggar, had to eat crumbs, he was hungry, he died. That rich man. He had everything while he was on earth, but he is still paying today for that life. He said, I'll pay later, and he's he's still paying. See, we don't realize just how much it's it's gonna cost us. You know, when you think about some of this credit card trouble that people get themselves into, you know, and you think, you know, if they knew, okay, this fifty dollar video game is gonna end up costing me $150 by the time I pay everything back. You think they still would have bought it? No, probably wouldn't have. You know, if we knew a lot of the things we paid for, how much it was going to cost us total in the end, we'd be singing a different song. You know, when you go and you buy a house and they have to show you these things, you know, they'll uh, do that 30 year mortgage and, you know, you're borrowing, you know, this much money for the house. But when you go and you see the total payoff, if you just make minimum payments every month, you pay like double. Double 
what you borrowed on a 30-year loan if you make minimum payments. And what do we, most people do? We make minimum payments. Why? Because it's easiest. Even though in the long run, it's going to cost us more. That's just the way it works. And King Saul, the rich man, all who reject salvation. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2.10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And this is talking about after the rapture. It says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You understand, you know, a lot of people, they have this attitude, well, when the rapture comes... If I see the rapture happen, then I'll get saved. But we see in the Bible that after the rapture comes, that people are going to believe a lie. Why? God's going to send them a strong delusion. Because they said, I'm going to have pleasure in unrighteousness. And you can do that. You can, you can hear the you know, preaching about the coming of God. You can read the stories in the Bible about it and say, well, you know what? I'm going to hang around and whenever I see, start seeing the events of Revelation unfold and when I finally see Jesus Christ come in the clouds and take His people up into heaven, when I see that, well, then you better believe I'm going to call on the Lord for salvation. But you know what? Read the book of Revelation. That is not what they do. Read 2 Thessalonians. That is not what happens. After that takes place, God's going to send them a strong delusion. Why? Why would somebody wait? If you, if you believe that's going to happen, if you believe you would do that after the fact, why would you wait? And the Bible tells us because they want to have pleasure in unrighteousness. I don't want to give up my sin. I want to have some fun. I want to take the easy path. Okay? Take the easy path. But when that day comes, when Christ does come in the clouds, just understand that after that, you are going to believe a lie. God's going to send you a strong delusion. That way you will go to hell because you said, I want to have pleasure and unrighteousness. In other words, I'll pay later. And yes, you will. You'll experience God's wrath that He's going to pour out on this earth. And then you're going to end up in a place called hell. So, the question is, do you want to pay now or pay later? The greatest example of all when Jesus was Jesus when He came to earth to pay the price of sin. Jesus paid that price 2,000 years ago. Why? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why did He do that? That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ, He came and He paid for our sins. That way, we wouldn't have to pay later. If He hadn't paid for it then, we would have had to pay for it someday and it would have taken us all eternity. And so if you could get this concept of paying now instead of paying later, it would it would cause you to get saved if you're not saved and it will it will help you in every area of your life. We've just got to learn to develop some character. We got to learn to say no to our flesh. So we make choices every day. Some of you in the morning you're going to choose the donut instead of choosing, you know, a healthy cereal that tastes like cardboard, okay? And you can make that you can make the easy choice and pick the donut, but guess what the consequences are going to be? Well, that weight you're wanting to lose isn't going to happen. You're going to get a little bit more. And we know how that works. We do. So that it works in everything from your diet. You all, some of you in the morning, 
you're going to sleep an extra 20 minutes when you could have got up and worked out for 20 minutes. Okay? Hey, probably me too. <laughs> I've been talking about working out for quite a while now. Uh, that's a start. I'm talking about it. <laughs> but, you know, I've had plenty of opportunities, but I spent it sleeping. And y'all, y'all, I think y'all understand how this works, and I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's stand together.